the Cogent Code podcast, logical and convincing, a deep dive into the standards and rules we live by in today's society. I'm your host, Akil Bechtimba, and my co-host is Sia Parker. Today's topic, Jedi Mind Tricks, what to tell your daughters about friendship, relationships, and the work world. This episode focuses on preparing, empowering, and arming your daughters for the real world. I'm your host, one of your hosts, Akil Bechtimba, and my co-host is Sia Parker. So when we kind of looked at this subject in the Urban Dictionary, um, we thought about preparation. So preparation is defined as the process of getting something or someone ready for an action or a presentation. It is simply those things that are done before the occurrence of an, an event. So if you wish to move mountains tomorrow, you must start by lifting stones today. And that's an African proverb. Um, And the other way I think of Jedi mind tricks, just to add on to this, is that um, I think a lot of times, especially for women, uh, we grow up, you know, if we grow up with fathers in the household, we grow up with a certain way of looking at our fathers and what we think it is you know, examples of being a man, which in context tells us how to be a woman, right? Um, And then we also have to then go out into the world and society and figure out what that means for us uh, with all the different messages that come at us that uh, are different from what we, we learned from our fathers. So I think that this topic for us today will be really interesting because obviously I'm, I'm somebody's daughter, right? But I have no, I have no daughters myself. And uh, you're the father of two daughters, right? That's right. And and it's funny, um, you know, putting in the context, you know, the, the Jedi mind tricks things uh, kind of grabs people. But I, I think that, you know, really it's in the context from a father's perspective, just giving them game. I, I, I want my daughters to be prepared for every single thing and every scenario, obviously, to my best of my ability to be able to uh, react, respond and, and uh, you know, and, and move forward in whatever way is best for their well-being. And so, um, so, you know, if you think about if you're a, you know, Star Wars nerd, you think about Jedi and the training of a Jedi and what it took to, you know, to get um, get all the all the tools necessary in order to face whatever is out there. That's kind of what we're talking about a little bit today. Yeah. So thinking of myself as a daughter and how prepared I felt that I was entering my adulthood. Um, I think for me, that would be probably mixed because uh, I my father was in the household um, until I was 12. He passed away um, when I was about 12 years old. Um, we had a very extremely close relationship. Uh, at times, I think it made my mom a little jealous how close right. we were. Uh, he spent hours and hours with me. Um, you know, you know, even though I was only 12 teaching me how to drive, uh, he was, uh, in, in my household, my dad was home and my mom worked. So, um, although he had jobs when I was younger, um, towards, um, when he died, he was in the household. So he picked us up from school. He's the one who prepared the meals. Um, if we were sick, we would go home and be with dad and not mom. Uh, my mom is a, a teacher and now a professor. So uh, she was outside of the household. Um, so I had a lot of time with my dad up until that point um, where he had an opportunity to kind of expose me 
um, to his thoughts and the way he thought about life. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad wasn't formally um, educated. He uh, had gone to high school, but never graduated from high school. Uh, but he was really, really smart. And um, I remember um, my brother, who's an attorney, um, would come home and always, um, when he would come back to visit, discuss with my father his cases mm-hmm. and try to get my dad to kind of um, help him form his arguments. So even though he didn't have um, a higher education, um, he was pretty knowledgeable and he spent a lot of time with his kids uh making sure that we got life lessons and we really were logical about the way we thought. So um, I think I was prepared for uh, knowing what to do next steps in life, but where I think because of the time that he passed, I think where I missed maybe really getting life lessons were in the relationship realm, right? Mm -hmm. Not really picking up on um, game or what I was about to encounter because at 12, you're about to go into your teenage years where it all starts. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and uh, uh, when he passed, I was then left with a single mom who she had been married, I think twice before that. So she's, my mom is, I I hope she doesn't listen to this, but if she does, it's fine. She's a serial married person. Like she's Mm. always married. She's mm-hmm. my mom doesn't stay single for very long. She is married and then married and then married. Um, and her relationships last long periods of time. I think the husband she's on now is uh, they've been together for uh, about 20 years. So yeah. she, she's a, she, she's going to lock it down. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't, I didn't get a lot of uh, experience with learning about relationships, even from her. So. Yeah, I am, um, you know, kind of just going back to the, to, you know, talking about your dad. I think, uh, you know, I, I think, first of all, that's incredibly valuable um, experience that you had, because even in that short period of time, you know, that time is irreplaceable. So it's as a beautiful thing. And, and, and education, education is relative. You know, you and I both know many, many, many people who are degreed educated but dumb as a box of rocks and can't operate and maneuver in the world in any way, shape or form. So, you know, I, I, I have uncles that, you know, that, you know, would be deemed not formally educated that are incredible businessmen and all that kind of stuff. So I, I, you know, much respect to that. Um, it's funny to, you know, think about how, how to prepare, um, you know, prepare my daughters, just generally speaking. And I know as we get through into this conversation, we're going to talk a lot more specifics, but just kind of approach wise, generally speaking, is very much of like what you you mentioned. Um, I have had the, the opportunity over the last few years, uh, several years, actually, to work from home when I wasn't traveling. I travel a lot for work, but um, obviously COVID shut that down. And even before that, um, I worked a couple roles that that had me home most of the time. So I'm I'm like what you described. I'm the take to the bus stop in the morning. I'm picking up on the bus stop in the afternoon. Um, I coach soccer. I coach basketball. <laughs> I do, you know, kind of all the things I, I, you know, grocery shop and do the do the cooking. I don't do any dishes. I don't like to clean up. So that's, I guess, my my side of it that I, I don't do. Um, but, you know, me and my wife kind of balance out with the girls on 
uh, on a lot of things. I do a lot of the stuff outside the house, but she obviously um, gives them guidance on so many things inside the house. So we kind of have a, uh, you know, have our own kind of lanes when we deal with, when we talk about preparing them. And and there are times where, um, where we definitely come to a difference um, and we butt heads because I think that they should approach a situation like this. She thinks they should approach a situation like that. And, uh, and oftentimes um, we come to a, you know, we either have to, one of us have to kind of concede or, um, you know, we find some middle ground, but um, you know, when you have different, different personalities and you kind of approach life differently uh, you have, you know, in, in preparing those coming up after you, you, uh, you know, so they get the whole gamut. They get her and me. And we have such kind of um, we're on the opposite ends of the spectrum sometimes. And so it's it's interesting for our girls to be able to navigate not only what the information is that they're getting, but sometimes who who's telling them the right way to go and uh, and who's not, you know, and, and figuring that part out. So what I do want to give credit to, though, is is men who are. And I know for a lot of African-American families, this is the case where a a father is outside of the household and how many men, uncles um, or somebody that it's not actually the father that is also putting the girls up on game. For my family, um, I have very strong uncles that have very strong opinions uh, at family parties. They'll pull you over to the side if you're dating a knucklehead Mm -hmm. and they'll they'll tell you about yourself and what choices you're making. So to my uncles, I think that they filled in um, probably around the age of 15 and on to kind of get in there with my dad roles. And then I have a stepfather who um, uh, got with my mom, like I mentioned around 17. So I've always had male figures or father figures around me with still, you know, blessing me with the knowledge that I think it's super important for, um, and I guess this is going to be something for single moms that mm. I, I think is important to mention because I think that um, I was a single mom, but I raised a son, right, mm-hmm. and not a daughter. But going back and in, in thinking about just the way I chose to raise him, I didn't really want a permanent figure in his life or to introduce him to figures in his life for fear that he would think that I was trying to make him have a substitute dad. But when you think about raising daughters and the fact that they do need the influence of men in their lives so that they know what they're going to encounter in life for all different aspects, not just from relationships. Um, This is in, you know, the work world where you have certain um, personalities that you have to navigate through. Mm -hmm. There is so much um, benefit to not being, I mean, obviously be cautious because those are your daughters, but to having some male mentorship in some form in your daughter's lives as they're growing up, because I think those lessons that they need to learn, if you, if you don't have somebody you trust, teach them, life is going to teach them the lessons. That's right. And maybe not in a positive way, right? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And I, and I, um, and I think that kind of goes to, um, you know, the next kind of segue into the kind of the next piece that we were talking about and that, and that is just, you know, about preparation and whether or not, you know, it was intentional. And I think that to your point, um, 
Yes, I don't have all the answers. Um, I think that's one of the reasons why I, well, one of the reasons why I go so hard for my daughters and I'm, I'm so dedicated is because I truly understand um, how necessary it is for their full kind of development, right? And for them to get the perspective around things that, you know, that I think that, you know, their mom would not have uh, to do. But in, in, to your point about surrounding kind of the village, um, there are, you know, my dad, my brother, my wife's brother, you know, we do have um, other male figures, fortunately, um, in the circle that I feel comfortable them going to, um, you know, if it wasn't me uh, around during, you know, during a, a situation or if they had questions about certain things. And I know they will tell them the right the right way to go. And they would also circle back to me and make sure that what they told them was was in accordance to my, you know, to the standards that I set. So um, but I think that that's incredibly important. And I think that, you know, unfortunately, so many times um, in our community and other communities, um, when there is a situation um, where the mother is not with the father or there is some, um, you know, disconnection there that uh, for a number of reasons, they, you know, they, they let that void be open. And, uh, and, you know, I think it's really important that, that we do that. So going back to kind of the intentionality of, is that a word of, uh, of, of giving, you know, kind of giving this game, you know, I, I, I know other folks that I've, you know, spoken to in preparing for this, this conversation. And a lot of them, you know, they, they feel like they, they received some preparation, but, a lot of it was just they, you know, kind of stumbled through it. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a program. It wasn't kind of a set plan. It just, you know, as things came, they got guidance on how to, you know, how to deal with it. Um, do you feel like, uh, you know, some of the guidance that you received or some of the guidance that you would give um, is like an, a part of an intentional plan or is it, you know, hey, just holler at me when, you know, when you run across a situation that you need some advice on? Well, I, I, I definitely think that with the men that were in my life, the uncles and, and those folks, there were definitely times where either um, one of the other female cousins or other folks were messing up. And so they would use them as an example of what not to do in that moment. So right. it didn't have to be my stumble or bumble or fall or pothole that I right. had to go in because they were going to tell you um, or they were going to show you that obviously they told them about that and then mm -hmm. look at the outcome. So I think you, you know, you could learn through others. And I think that uh, it, it is a good um, time to kind of bring things up because it depends on, I think the personality of the, the, the girl that is being raised, right? right. Some uh, people have to learn the lesson in order to, to take it in. Some people can be told that that's probably not the right way to go and will actually take heed to it and refocus and change their course. Um, but I think it's, um, it, it's, it gets pretty complicated because it depends on what the lesson is that you're trying That's to, right. to learn, you know? Um, and I guess we should kind of be a little specific about um, some of the lessons. Like for yeah. instance, um, I uh, went to school for a very long time after high school. Um, I, I was in college for, I, I can't even tell you 14 th years, 13 years uh, in different programs. And, um, I think 
my uh, male figures did stress the importance of education to us in the family, Mm -hmm. um, just because they saw it as uh, a way to open doors or opportunities um, for uh, us to, to as women or just as, you know, um, their um, family to kind of, you know, navigate through life, especially as an African-American education in our family was important to get. Um, So they, they stressed that. And they also stressed it as, as a way for independence, right. Um, Not having to depend on a male uh, in life to make sure that you were able to make your own life so that you never got into a situation where somebody could be abusive to you. Mm -hmm. Um, so that you always had a way to to make it on your own if you had to leave a situation. So I remember very poignantly those lessons um, that were taught both males and females in my family, but definitely the males wanted to make sure that we all created a space for us to be able to navigate in the world with or without a male in our lives. So, so that I think those were great lessons. Um, and I think, I think your mom tries her best. I think that that's, you know, something that has been, I think your mom tries their, your best mm-hmm. to, t- to tell you what to do. But my mom is from another country and her reality of growing up um, in that country was not the same as growing up in, in America. It's not the same. Right. The, even though the value system um, respect your body, uh, make sure that you're not, um, you know, presenting yourself as, somebody that's willing to give away your body in any way um, Mm -hmm. without respect or value. Those kind of things I think were definitely embedded in either culture, but um, what I was being exposed to in American society versus what she was exposed to in Guyanese society, very, very different. And so she tried to give advice, but it was only going to be based on what her knowledge was. And it wasn't from this country. So her knowledge base was, you know, um, women in her uh, culture got married young, very young. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember her always telling me, Hey, you're not a spring chicken. She, you know, as I started getting older in my twenties, she would say this. And I was thinking, well, I'm, I think I'm a spring. Still chicken. spring. <laughs> Still springing. Her. Yeah. Her value system was it's time to get married and have a yeah. family. Yeah. Right. Where uh, I think in a capitalistic American system, a lot of times it's a way make your career and figure that part out and then make a family. Right. right. Or, or at some point you'll, you'll make a family. It's not as this is what you exactly have to do when you turn 19 or 20, right. Where in her society, it was a little bit more straightforward like that. So I think moms try, but I, your wife is not from another country, right? She's from, no, she's from Harlem, New York. And, okay. uh, yeah, <laughs> she's from Harlem, New York. I'm from, you know, the Bay Area. So we, you know, we came together and met in Atlanta and uh, we are very much um, opposites on a lot of things, but we we managed to make it mesh in the middle and make it work. I I, um, I think as, as far as the intentional pieces, so, that, you know, we, you mentioned um, not only cultural differences, but obviously generational differences. Um, I think that the intentional piece for me is, you know, I grew up um, and and like you said, um, for us, education was, you know, pretty mandatory. You were going to at least go to college and complete a bachelor's degree. There was no no other other way that it was going to happen. And and so um, 
But I think I look at it a little bit different from my daughter. So the intentional pieces, the 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 things that for me is that, you know, going back to uh, referencing like what you said, like I like your uncles, I my daughters will know how to defend themselves. You know, my oldest is a black belt in Taekwondo. Um, they will know how to, you know, uh, this may be controversial, but they both will know how to shoot guns. They both will know how to fish and hunt. They both will know how to um, drive, you know, every type of vehicle I can teach them how to drive. Um, they will know how to, you know, do some basic auto mechanic stuff. They'll know how to do some basic construction. You know, they'll know how to, you know, fix a fix, you know, fix stuff around the house. They will know how to do things that, you know, that their two hands will either be the ones doing it or they will be a good help if they're, you know, if they're helping someone like me um, do things. So that those are things that are kind of mandatory in my kind of, you know, toolbox for them. Um, education wise, I've 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 kind of altered my my look at that. And I, and I'm, you know, and, and it's maybe because in my later days, I've become more entrepreneurial and have been more, have seen, you know, kind of other pathways to, um, to getting it. And so I, I, you know, when my, my oldest was young all the way up until from like four years old till probably last year, she was going to be a doctor. That was it. She was going to be a doctor. She had, she was, she was a doctor for Halloween hella years. She was a, you know, she was all we, you know, we were really kind of support. And within the last couple of years that kind of changed. And I think she felt pressure that I still need to go be a doctor. Cause I've been saying I was going to be a doctor and I had to have a talk with her recently and say, Hey, look, you know, you don't, you don't have to go down that. You don't have to do that. If that's not what you want to do. I want you to, I want you to be passionate about what you're, what you're doing. And I want, but I want you to have a plan to make a living. Right. So if those things can happen and they don't necessarily say I have to get a, you know, go to school for that, or I have to go get, you know, to traditional school, maybe it'd be certifications or something like that, then I'm with it, you know, and I, and I'll help her um, kind of devise her plan uh, around that. So I think I come, you know, there, there are definitely some very intentional things that I want them to learn about, you know, dealing with people, um, you know, we can get, definitely get into the conversation about my uh, outlook on boys and and dating and that kind of stuff, because I'm I'm rapidly entering into that that realm right now with a 16 year old. Um, she's about a week away from getting her driver's license. She has a car already. So there's going to be a lot of changes here in the very near future. Um my 10 year old, I have some time on, but it's funny because, you know, she's following her older sister. And so she's learning so many things, you know, from her. So, you know, I think that that there are some definite um, intentional preparations. But, you know, to the point earlier, I think there's going to be, you know, plenty potholes, stumbles, bumbles and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And we'll be there to catch them as they as they move forward. You mentioned a good point. I think this is really important for uh, women and daughters in general is that um, knowing how to do basic things, even though you can go get your oil changed, knowing how to change your oil is important. I learned how to change my oil. Um, I think 
learning to change light bulbs and doing certain aspects of those kind of things, even when your water heater breaks, like where Mm -hmm. the pilot light is. I think that those things are important. And I think that parents don't ever really think so much about what will happen when you uh, turn the person loose in their first apartment or their first place. Um, And also because, um, and, and this is just a generalization, so not meaning to offend also because, you know, everyone that has a car has to get their car fixed. And a lot of times, um, you know, we get worried about not going with a man so that we know that the mechanic is not trying to take advantage of the fact we don't know anything about cars. But I think that that's really important that some of those basic um, skills you pass to your daughter to at least have, you know, she could Google things, of course, um, which is great, but not everything on the internet is true, right? right? That's, that's one. And two, there's so many competing things on the internet. You don't always know which one is correct. So you might pick incorrect information and then go in there armed with incorrect information right. and look a little foolish. Right. Um, but I, I do think that that's really important point. And I think it shouldn't be missed for people who are raising daughters, because I think um, f- for me, um, it's been important. And even when I've been in relationships or, or when I've lived with somebody, sometimes I know how to light the pilot light and they don't, you know, that's that's like, you know, it's not always necessary that you're going to join with a man that knows how to do fix it things. And maybe you do, and it's, that's fine. You know, you should be able to take care of yourself because those simple things, you're going to end up paying somebody to come and do it. And if you knew how to do it yourself, you would save yourself, uh, money and energy and, and there's a and there's the balance, right? There's the balance of it. I mean, we we you know we grow up in a society who you know so kind of socializes us to be in certain gender roles and that kind of stuff. And I think that I'm very conscious um, about one showing from my own uh, in my own actions that you know I mean I do most of the cooking in the house. I do you know a lot of the you know I do a lot of the things that would would kind of traditionally be the domesticated pieces of the puzzle. But, you know, at the same time, you know, so I I want them to see the balance from me as their dad, but I also um, don't want them to feel like, okay, well, you know, I'm a 21st century woman, so I'm not going to cook. I'm a 21st century woman, so I'm not going to, you know, do, do, do any of these other things. And so we make sure that they know how to do it all. And that part of their kind of chores on a day to day basis or part of their, you know, their responsibilities include kind of a balance of, you know, so-called traditional and non-traditional, you know, roles um, in in doing that, Um, because, you know, I think that it's a mistake to teach them that, you know, because you're a strong, independent woman, which is who I'm raising, that you shouldn't cook. Or that because you're a strong, independent woman, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't do some of these other things that really are are maintaining your own household. Right. So So to that point, yeah, to that point, every parent needs to teach their this is just how I feel. So backlash be darned. Uh, You need to teach your kids, male or female, how to cook. Mm-hmm. You need to teach your kids, male or female, how to clean properly, mm-hmm. bathrooms included, yes. right? Yes. You need to teach your male or female children um, how to balance their checkbook because people yep. do not know how to do that or basic finance budget. Mm-hmm. 
Um, if you don't know how to do it, there's several people you can refer to that can help teach your, your, your kids that. Because or, or an app. <laughs> or an app, right? Yeah. Um, you know, you need to teach your kids um, uh, laundry. how to fix laundry, how to mm-hmm. se- separate whites from colors, and what, what's a hot wash versus a cold wash. That's right. That's uh, right. What, what can be hand washed, what doesn't need to be hand washed. So I don't think that that's gender specific. I think that those are basic life skills. And I was just talking to someone about home ec. Mm-hmm. When we were growing up, we that's had right. home ec, right? And mm. you could take it as an elective in junior high. Um, yep. I'm really dating us right now. but Actually, but, they um, still do that. My, my um, Jordan in eighth grade took home ec. They, they brought it back. It was oh, going from, didn't it, have it. He didn't. Yeah, yeah. No, she she was um she was one. She did get a chance to do it in eighth grade, and they actually those kids loved it. Um, yeah. But it was exactly what you said. It was kind of teaching some of those basic skills because you needed it. Even if you think about what happened with COVID at first, right. where everything was shutting down, right. if you didn't know how to cook, a lot of people were straight out of luck. Number one, because we they thought we were having a food so- shortage. That's right. Restaurants were. Cl- closed. Some of them were shut down completely. You weren't, mm-hmm. you weren't being able to order. So it, it's super important that these things are taught regardless to your point of gender. And nobody needs to think because I'm male or female that I don't have, I shouldn't know how to do it. Now, That's right. how you determine your household when you get there is your business, but right. you've got to prepare your, if you're doing a, a, a parental job, a good job, you want to make sure your, your kids are not shocked because you always did it for them. Yes, that's right. That's right. And we know, I mean, there are adults, there are adults right now. I don't know, um, you know, my same age, but there are definitely adults that are in their, you know, late 20s and 30s that still don't know how to cook and still don't know how to do things, um, you know, to to just basically take care of some of their own basic needs. So I think it's, you know, being intentional about that is is key. Um, There are a lot of things, though, as you know, um, that you can't there's no book for you can't prepare some of the things that we've talked about so far are kind of in the you know they're kind of in the the i think could be in a parental one-on-one book but you know what about those things that are unexpected that are not uh not you know kind of the normal intentional preparation things um you know what are some of those that you that you maybe weren't prepared for when you came across them and you know and then how you know, how would you recommend preparing the next generation of young ladies? Well, I'm going to say that, you know, it's very uncomfortable for parents a lot of the time, but we need to get really real about sex with, Absolutely. with young ladies because, uh, and, and males as well. But the thing I think we, we depend on the school to teach them sex education, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, uh, obviously I took it a very long time ago, but it's, it's just really more about anatomy and how a baby comes to be it's it doesn't teach them exactly what they may or may not go through and i do think that it's a is a uncomfortable as the conversations may get you have to have some of the conversations with your kids because if you don't teach them boys are going to teach them Mm -hmm. what that means and they're not going to know whether or not what they're experiencing is um is healthy or not healthy. They're not going to know whether what they're experiencing, is that the way it's supposed to be or not supposed to be? Um, I I think that parents have a big miss here. I know that for me, it was even tough with a son, you know, to, to 
I mean, we're pretty open now, but when he was younger, I just was besides myself. And for my mom, what she did is my mom shoved a big box of all kinds of contraceptives into my room and no, no discussion. Just like, I'm telling you, like every contraceptive you could probably think, because she thought that I was engaging that kind of behavior in high school, which I had not. Mm -hmm. Right. And so then I was embarrassed because I was like, what do you think I'm doing? Right, right, right. Uh, But also that made me have to read pamphlets Mm -hmm. instead of having a discussion. So I think for for parents, you've got to find a way either you or someone you really trust to have that conversation if you're uncomfortable, because if you don't, the world will teach that, that lesson. And you don't, that's not to me um, where it's at. And then the other thing I wish I was taught better was credit. Wow. Yeah. 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 So let's, we'll, we'll, I will get into the, the kind of business credit money part of it in a second, but let's, let's, let's linger here on the, on the sex topic for one second. And the reason why I want to do that is because I actually, um, I'm actually kind of maybe a little bit struggling uh, with that right now myself, just about having the conversation. So, I mean, the one thing is, you know, which part of the conversation am I supposed to have and which part of the conversation is my wife supposed to have? as a f- from coming from female and male perspectives. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to figure that out. The other thing is, you know, how, you know, I, I obviously as a father of a daughter, I'm not excited about the thought of my daughter engaging, but I, I do, um, I do not want to make the subject taboo to the point where, um, you know, we are not educating, you know, transparently and thoroughly about it. Um, I also don't want to make it a, you know, a, a bad thing. Right. I mean, I like sex. I, you know, I don't, I think that it's a human thing. I think that once you get to a responsible stage in your life, then, you know, um, if you're going to do it, it should be enjoyable and it should be, me- you know, meaningful to depending on, you know, what it means at that point with that person. Um, and so trying to kind of formulate some thoughts around how to deliver that message without it being because because right now a lot of things with between me and her is like, oh, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> you know, She's not really trying yeah. to have that conversation with me. And when it comes to boys in general, um, you know, she just thinks I'm crazy. So she's like, oh, my gosh, I, you know, I don't know how I'm going to, you know, bring my dad into into meeting somebody that I'm interested in or she doesn't really want to. So luckily, we, you know, that's one of the kind of balancing acts that we have. And the fact that she um, she does go to her mom, you know, about who she's thinks is cute and who she's attracted to and some of the discussions that her and her friends have. That kind of thing. But so a lot of it, you know, I'm kind of left out in the cold in this discussion and, and I, I want to get in it, but I don't know how deep I want to get into it. So uh, I'm really trying to figure, figure that piece out right now. Well, I think for how it's going to feel or what, what, um, what she needs to um, value as far as her sexuality as a woman has to come from your wife. It cannot, that part cannot come from you. But I do think that 
the the value conversation does need to come from you and not in a um it can't come in a um judgmental right 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 because um you know although i think that there's a a whole lot to talk about and and unpack in the wap uh video that could be and um and um, Megan the Stallion just um, put out there, you know, it, it definitely we're still living in a society where there's definite double standards on mm. how we view women and women's sexuality. And it's almost um, still a situation where they're getting mixed messages because there are songs like that where mm-hmm. they're like, OK. And there's also a lot of uh, other songs that are always talking about going after that. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's definitely a value being put on sex that is not being placed on their minds from a parent. It's being placed on their minds from, uh, from a pleasure standpoint. Right. Right. And I think that for you, it's you, you have to kind of be open to have the discussion about, the value. Yeah. How do what value do they place on that part of their relationship? Because eventually your daughters will be mothers. Most likely Mm -hmm. there, there's no hiding that they will get married most likely. And so therefore you're going to know that it is occurring, whether you want to face it or not, but you don't want them to pick the wrong person because they're chasing the pleasure. Because the lessons that they're learning are being given to them from these videos or TV shows or movies or unrealistic um, expectations that sometimes right. are placed on, on, on sex, um, including frequency. Right. Mm-hmm. I think um, if you were just to learn your whole uh, idea of sex from TV, where mine wasn't all there. I also had people who influenced me over time, but, mm-hmm. but just because my mom was uncomfortable talking about it, um, I had to learn lessons, either learning them right, or, right. or um, and coming into encounter with them. And that means that the male most likely was teaching me the lesson, mm-hmm. which is not where you, which want means that he was doing it with, with, uh, with an ulterior motive as well. I mean, he was looking for it and that, and I, I think that's a perfect um, example of, of where I see my role in this conversation. Um, I definitely don't see it in the, you know, uh, this is the spot and all this other stuff to, you know, that, that you guys would, would describe and, and, you know, and, and other details that I'm, I'm, I'm not incredibly comfortable with talking about with my daughters. But what I do see is, you know, as we started this, this conversation is the game, right? I mean, I know, I know, um, I know enough about being a man and, and formerly being a boy um, that I know what, if he says this, this is what that means. Like I can translate, I can, you know, I can, I can guide and I can, I can put them in a position where, or arm them with enough game that when they hear certain things or there is some kind of manipulation going on, which it's all, you know, it's all that, right. I mean, it's, you know, even the nicest guys, you know, if they have, you know, some motive to have a physical relationship, then, you know, there's going to be some part of that. And so I just want them to not be um, naive and and kind of gullible to, you know, to some of the game and some of the things that that boys or men might say to them um, to get them to 
you know, to be down with doing certain things. And so I just want to be able to give them that. Well, I think one of the advice pieces needs to come like uh, men like to say, if you really loved me or if you really care about me, then you'll do this. Yeah. Right. That's how they when you're young, that's how they're trying to get you to go there, especially when you're a virgin. So I was a virgin. I'll just put it out there till I was 19. So I waited a very long time. I was scared mm-hmm. as heck. Mm-hmm. Barbara Wong obviously didn't help me with knowing what was going on, but I was scared, right? I was right. just scared. And I had boyfriends all in high school, um, but I just wouldn't, I just couldn't. And mm-hmm. and some of them would be like, well, if you really, I mean, we've been together this long and if you really love me, then, right. you know, right. but uh, I think is it, that's why it goes back to values. I think if you teach your daughter what their value is and that could be and not to offend anyone value is determined by that person right and the parents right so it could be on any level maybe you're you're teaching them that you you know maybe the physical interaction means a certain thing or it doesn't Mm. right maybe you're growing up in a household where church is at the the cornerstone and maybe there's values there. So right. when I talk about values, it's what your value is that you're going to place on your body and, sure. and sex. Right. But, right. but I definitely think that those kind of things, that's the kind of thing you have to say is like, that is game, right? Yeah. That is, he wants something from you. He finds that you're unwilling to do it. So he's going to try to convince you that yeah. the value of the relationship is linked to this act. Right. Right. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it is, it's because, you know, he wants something to occur. And even if you didn't do that, I mean, obviously I still had boyfriends until I was right. you know, ready to do it and they didn't leave me. Right. Even right. though I didn't determine to have that or do yeah. that with them, they just kept trying in different ways to right. ask for what they wanted. Right. Well, it's interesting because I, so I lost my virginity at 15 mm-hmm. and, um, and it was interesting because I those it was all girls that were older than me. So um, so I wasn't necessarily the one in those situations, those earlier situations, um, you know, spitting game. I wasn't the one, you know, it was more like I was I was a willing participant, but I wasn't the one initiating, you know, a lot of that stuff. And so it was, it was it's an interesting, you know kind of change. But I think, I think, you know, to what you say, I think that that's the kind of the basic go-to and I'm more worried about, I, I think that these days, you know, at least the, my daughters, as I know, especially my older one, she ain't going for that shit. That shit is hella whack. I'm more concerned about some of the more slick, you know, some of the better, <laughs> the better uh, approaches that, you know, are more, you know, more, I guess, kind of sly approaches that these cats might might try. Like I, I, I'm just going to stick the tip in. That's a classic, <laughs> right? That you don't, they can't. You know, that's not. That's yeah. going. That's going to go there. So you, you might as well just say no to that. Yeah. Uh, that's never, never yeah. the case. But, um, but I know I, I get you, and I think that this is an important topic that, um, th- that. I wish somebody had been in my ear for that because I think that those things is what somebody, when that comes into your mind, the lesson that your parents teach you, it pops up first. Mm -hmm. And then you think, should I do this or should I not do this? And if that lesson isn't is devoid or it's not there, 
you, the other value systems you have or you do not have are going to be right. the difference between so, you saying yes or no. Yeah. So I think I think your point about value and and, I, and that's the you know, for me, the takeaway um, for this this portion of, of the conversation um, is really resonating with me because uh, I think that 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 will influence and cover a lot of bases, you know, and, and one of the things that I've worked really hard on and been very conscious about is making sure that my, uh, my daughter's self-esteem, all of both of them, that their self-esteem is incredibly high, that they know, um, you know, that they know what, what male love should, uh, love from a male should look like, uh, especially, yeah. a, you know, a father should look like, um, an uncle should look like, you know, um, I also, um, you know, so, so I think that the value piece is very important, but, you know, it's really interesting because we talk about the sexual piece on a whole kind of really traditional level, but these days it's, it's a lot different, I think, than even when we were growing up, um, because it's, it's, you know, we live in a much more, you bringing up the, the WAP song, um, we live in a much more, I would say much more sexualized society well sexualized but vulgar you know vulgar you know sexualized society i mean we grew up to too short we grew up to you know amg we grew up to you know um a lot of you know kind of misogynistic type um music i mean but you know i mean the old schools grew up to stroke i'd be stroking and you know all the like oh the you know so this has always been around right always been around uh, yeah. R. Kelly and, you know, maybe that's not the greatest example, but, you know, we grew up to. Well, listen, you can't erase that. R. Kelly. No, we can't. I mean, he's the reason why a lot of a lot of us are here. Kids are here. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. But but not only not only that, but, you know, we live in a we live in a in a society today where, you know, um, homosexuality is, you know, the whole LGBTQT. I think that's all the letters. I don't know. No, there's I, more. But is there more? Okay. Well, uh, give me some lessons on that. But, uh, um, but you know, that whole community. And, and I know that, you know, I know my daughter has, you know, has friends that are gay and there's, you know, so there's, there's a whole nother dynamic, you know, to this discussion, you know, that's just out, that's outside of kind of the, 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 the basic general, you know, male and female and, and, you know, all those kind of pieces to the puzzle. Um, you know, there are, you know, I, I know, um, but working with the, with 16 to 24 year olds for 24 years or 22 years, something like that. Um, you know, sometimes the girls, um, you know, come at the, come at girls harder than the guys. Yeah. And so it's a, you know, so it's a whole, it's a whole thing. And, uh, you know, so how do, you know, so that preparation going back to the kind of my first statement was, you know, I think if we if we really hammer in kind of the value um, thing and make sure that they value themselves, then they'll be, you know, they won't necessarily easily succumb at least to, you know, advances or game from either side of the spectrum. Yeah, but but and and you're right. It, it is different now. What I was saying is that whatever value you place on it. I mean, some some people think, yeah, it applies. So some parents may think, you know, it's okay to have sex if that's yeah. what you want to 
for a pleasure scenario. Sure. And that's kind of what society is throwing at us all the, the time now. Yeah. And that's okay. If that's the where you want to teach your daughter or your son. Right. About, in some cases, not everything's going to be a relationship. Not everything's going to be long-term. If they choose to engage in that, at least they're making the choice, right? They're right. choosing to engage in that. And that's where I'm kind of talking about um, just, to your point, self-esteem is so important with young ladies, um, making sure that they know that they're high value people, mm-hmm. right? They are worth something right. that. Um, well beyond they, their bodies. So Sia, pick us up where we left off. So we kind of, we were, we were talking about um, just the changes in the way that uh sex is being approached. We talked about sex in a traditional sense, um, probably more generationally um, timing us out to where we grew up and then bringing us forward to where our kids are growing up, right? Where uh, there's a lot more explicit. uh, I mean, they have access to content on the computer, their phones, uh, the music, Mm -hmm. um, their television shows. I mean, they they show everything almost. Yes, I, I yes. can't even. I you know the movies, just regular movies. I mean, Netflix has some real. I would yeah. say they're porn movies. I don't Pretty even close. know what's going on there, but um, but it's the the kids are just getting exposed to a lot different um, messaging. Right. Right. I I think one thing we do need to bring up, and this I don't want to take us too far off the topic, but um, I think it's important to mention that when kids do expose themselves, I I remember my son at nine, uh, somebody had said something, uh, had made reference to something at school, which had to do with sex. And he Googled it, which brought him to Pornhub Mm. at nine years old. And I looked on my history on my um, iPad Mm -hmm. and I I saw that he had looked it up Mm -hmm. and I was just, Beside, I just didn't even know what to do because he was not. How did you? How I, did you react? Did you scream at him or did you? Well, did it had. It crazy? actually had to do. His had to do with gay sex. Actually, oh, okay. Because right. somebody had called him a name or right, right, right. Rousting him and, and said something in that vein, so he Googled it. Right. But it and brought he, up yeah so many things that yeah. Were like, and then it just kept clicking into, so you could see that browser history and it was right. Like, Cause it's a, I, it's a, it's a, it's a black hole. I mean, once you, once you get started and, and I mean, just even, even as, as adults, I mean, once you start searching, you know, we'll just call it research from our perspective. <laughs> once you start right. doing research, you just keep going and going and going and going and going, you know, and, and it's, you know, it's so much available. I mean, when we were growing up, we didn't have, we didn't have it like this yeah, we didn't have access we had yeah we had actual hustler. physical magazines there was porn but you had to have a v- vcr to watch it it wasn't readily accessible you had to you know i mean it was, there was all of that and so um so yeah i think that you know like you said it, it is uh parenting two daughters in the age of this much um you know readily available information and content and and them, you know, and, and trying to make sure that they have the capacity to, you know, because it's it's going to come one to try and limit as much as you can 
Um, you know, even, even, you know, my 10 year old, she loves TikTok and she loves, you know, she loves all these, you know, things. And, and I have to like, I don't want you watching all the TikTok, you know, like we have to go through and really be like, okay, this is, these things are okay. And things, these things are not okay, but you know, I'm not watching her 24 seven. Well, I did, you asked me how I dealt with it. So I parental shut down everything. Like I called the, every, my carrier. I mean, I shut down everything. He had to ask me anytime he wanted to download anything. And he was so annoyed at it because, um, you know, it was just something that he thought I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't have done to him, but I mean, I, I think he understood why. Yeah. So, and, so and did I you, only do feel like you went into kind of that was kind of a panic mode situation, or well, I was I, I had been in a relationship, um, and I'm sure it'll come up in other episodes for mm-hmm. uh, ten years. I was with somebody with ten, for ten years, and he was he was with me at the time, so he kind of coached me through what was going oh, okay. on. Right. Gotcha. He was like, gotcha. okay, you know, don't if you make a big deal out of it, it's going right. to be worse. Yeah. Right. For, for him, because then he's going to th- be more curious about it. So you need to be cool. Mm-hmm. Right. But you can shut it down. But you need to right. let him know. Don't. Because when when I asked uh, him about it, he told me that somebody had called mm-hmm. that name to him. And so he Googled it. Right. You know, um, and that's what what happened. So, right. I mean, I mean, it was innocent when it yeah. started. But once he right. saw, you know, yeah. he it clicked on. I mean, there was like a history of like nine other things that you could tell that it must have popped up. And then yeah. he probably just kept saying, well, what is this? But back to the daughter conversation, why I think this is important to to mention is not only can females be exposed to this, but the males that they're going to come into count encounter with is go- are going to think that's, that right. that's what it is. That's right. So you, their, their first experience could end up being not, sensitive right and it's it's a painful experience so in in, for some cases so it's it's definitely a conversation that parents need to have yeah i think it it will set also expectations that they will have for their partner Mm -hmm. uh, throughout the experience so it's not as traumatizing for them when they get to it so i think we've talked enough about that part but um So I guess just to transition it out, you know, you're a girl dad and there's a big Mm -hmm. thing where people are, you know, really being proud of being a girl dad. So tell me about what it is like to be a girl dad and what that that means to you. Well, I mean, I think I kind of covered it a little bit, but I I, so I have two daughters, one 16, one is 10. And, um, you know, they're very different, actually very different personalities. Um, they're both pretty strong-minded, very, you know, determined and, and smart and all those good things. Um, but they are, they are different. And so I kind of have to, I have to, you know, deal with them separately, but at the same time. And it's a, it's an interesting adventure. Um, you know, I, my oldest daughter, I was, I think, much more uh, determined about her, you know, kind of being, um, being, you know, like I said, she, she, I put her in Taekwondo at five. She got her, her, her black belt at 10, you know I mean? We've been, you know, focused on these, these kind of things, a lot of, you know, that kind of stuff. I think my younger one got 
the funner part of me. Um, and it and gets the funner part of me just because, you know, like I said, I teach, I, I coach her team sports. I coach her soccer and I coach her basketball and we do a lot of things. We just went camping a couple weeks ago, just me and her. Um, so there's some things that I would probably, that I wish I would have done with the older one, but you know what, to be honest with you, um, you know, I did, I, the older, my older daughter had me for, you know, about seven years by herself. And so it was just me and her. We, you know, both of my girls are, you know, dad, daddy's girls. And, and, you know, they, they take me, um, for how I am. You know, I got a situation with my younger daughter right now who, um, you know, is making a whole lot of money on a, on a curse jar. Um, yeah, she's about her business. And so you might catch her outside the, outside my office right now with the jar, like, okay, you said three words while you were in there. I need that paper. So, so that's, that's her thing. She's, you know, but it's interesting because I think that, um, being a girl dad in general and, and, and being their dad, um, holds me to, uh, a stricter account accountability. Um, because, you know, with them being female and me being male, it also changed my whole, you know, thinking about women to a certain degree, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so, uh, you know, so, so it's been a, it's been an, it's been an adventure, um, with both of them. So I, I, you know, it's cool. I, I think that one of the, the other things that I would say is, um, you know, there is a whole, you know, I think just having two different children period at different ages causes you to have different approaches to them. Um, they have different personalities, so you got to have different approaches. So my relationship with my older daughter now is really, you know, our similarities is around, you know, letting her drive everywhere around, you know, plans for school. We're talking about, you know, talking about college or other, you know, other plans. Um, you know, she just started her, her first job. So giving her game on how to work and, and, you know, and this and that, we just had her first little kind of hiccup where she didn't get her, um, she didn't get her availability to, to the manager in time. And so the manager scheduled her for this coming week in times that she's not available to work. And so she has to kind of go back and forth with that situation. So there's a lot of things, you know, with that, the younger one is really just, you know, just kind of getting her, her you know, focused. Um, she's a free spirit. She's such a free spirit. While the older one is super organized, super, you know, kind of strict about her schedule. And I mean, I'm talking about even on an off day, her schedule, you know, I'm going to get up this time of morning. I'm going to eat breakfast at this time. I'm going to do this at this time. She has a so, whole thing. The younger one is free. You know, she's more like me on kind of just a, you know, Let's just yeah. float through it and <laughs> we'll see what happens. So, so is your older one influenced? Is, is she more like your wife and in the younger ones more like you, or is it not that way? Because since I only have one child, right, I only have right. one child to reference as far as knowing if they're. That's kids a great question. Yeah. It, it's a great question. I think that they, um, I think that they really both have a pretty good balance of, of, of the two of us. Um, Cause I can, I can see them move. I can see them. And there's sometimes I'm like, Oh man, you just like your mom. And then, you know, in the very next minute, depending on the situation, they respond just like I would. 
you know, mm-hmm. or they sound like I would, you know, and that kind of thing. And so, um, so I think that they, you know, because we are pretty equally balanced in our influence on them, um, they're a good blend of the two of us. Um, the older one looks just like her mom looked when she was, you know, younger and, um, and the younger one still favors me a lot. So we'll see, you know, we'll see if they both grow out of looking like me and, and move on. But, um, but yeah, that's the, that's kind of the, so, so I guess what makes you most nervous about your girls growing up in today's society, what's, what's most nerve wracking about that? That's, that's a heavy one. Um, we, we talked a little bit about the sex thing, um, you know, and, and, and not so much, not as much to me as, um, is that I have worries about it happening. Even for my 16 year old, I don't think that I, I worry about it because she's pretty solid. I worry more about the dangers I think that are out there. Um, you know, I worry about crazy people, you know, that, that, you know, people are kidnapping kids. I worry about, you know, car accidents. I worry about, you know, white supremacy and, 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 and white supremacists out there that just want to just, you know, locate and target, you know, um, you know, the vulnerable, right. They're they're not going to come after me. They're going to come after them. You know, I worry about, you know, I worry about, about mean kids, you know, I worry about kids saying shit to them that, you know, that hurts their feelings. Um, you know, I, I, you know, so I mean, there's, there's a lot of things, that I kind of, you know, that I'm, I'm very conscious about. And then I'm, I'm also, you know, worried about the unknown, you know, things that I, I think the my biggest fear are those things that I have absolutely no control over, you know, and, uh, and being able to kind of guide and, and be there. And I know that there is going to be a day as they grow up that I am not going to be on the scene when something happens. Yes. I mean, those are very valid worries. I think, you know, just um, one of the things I think that were, was a blessing from my dad being there for the years that he was there and the other male influences that I had is that um, I ended up having very solid Mm self-esteem, like unbreakable self-esteem. I mean, to the fact where, um, and maybe it's it's not a, a great thing, but I don't really uh, it, like being liked or not being liked doesn't really matter to me. Right. Um, I know who I am and I, I, I've known who I I have been for a while. Right. It didn't take me. I, I, I grew obviously into the woman mm-hmm. I am, but but because I had been given that self-esteem boost, I think yeah. when things came my way, some of the difficult things that came my way in life it didn't end up getting me down to the point where it may have, if I didn't have, if I didn't have, if I hadn't had that male influences in my life to tell me that I was worth something and I was smart and I was pretty and I was, Mm -hmm. I mean, and I was, you know, worthy and I, I could be anything I wanted to be. And all of the things that I think that people have to reinforce in their kids instead of judging them on all the things that they're not really, focusing and making sure you're telling them what they are and that you're so proud of them for the little achievements, because as they go into the world, there's so many, I mean, 
I mean, I don't even know how it would have been if I was exposed to social media the way that these kids are because people have all this crazy courage behind their keyboards. Oh, yeah. They're they're saying mean things. You post a picture, you're waiting for likes. I mean, you're, I mean, people are saying you look ugly in that dress if they want to. I mean, I feel like that's the key for little girls. You have to Mm -hmm. give them that self esteem so that people's opinions. Um, although, you know, cr- criticism, that's good criticism. That's going to help them grow. They should still let in. Right. But, but if it's not, um, constructive, then they should let it right out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it, it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't affect them in a way where it's really going to get their spirit down because yeah. I think that that's really what a parent and especially a male parent gives to a daughter, um, the gift they give to the daughter to go out in society later. Yeah. And I, I mean, you hit it on the head. I, I, you know, if I was talking to, if I was to give someone, you know, I have, I have some friends actually who, who just recently had daughters and we have these conversations sometimes and they'll say, Hey, you know, what, you know, what do I need to know? What do I need to do? And one of the things, uh, you know, just kind of to reiterate um, what you said and what we've talked about is, you know, is, is that, to let them know how valuable they are to let them know, um, you know, as they grow up and, and, and for both of my daughters, I'm, I'm really, you know, helping them find their power. You know, I'm helping them find their talents. I'm helping them find where they're, you know, and, and their weaknesses so that they can, you know, they can address those as well. But I'm, I'm, I want to prepare them for, um, you know, facing whatever good, bad, ugly, that they're going to to face and and to have that armor um, armor around them to be able to deal with it, but also I don't want them to lose their sensitivity. I don't want them to lose their softness. You know, I think one of the most beautiful things about them is that they are caring and they're loving and they're sweet and you know. Um, so really trying to help them find a balance between those two worlds, right? The balance between those two things and being able to, to, you know, hold their own when they need to, but be okay to be vulnerable sometimes, you know, cause I think that yeah. sometimes we push one side or the other, right? We, you know, you always have to be hard and then you, you know, and then you don't, you're not soft when you need to be, or, you know you're being too hard. So then they, you know, they misconstrue that and then they have to be soft and then they're vulnerable and they get hurt, you know? So, um, you know, but I also want them to know that they are going to face things that, um, you know, that they are, that that's going to knock them off their square, right. It's going to, it's going to knock them down. It's going to, you know, um, and that's a, that's a big teaching thing that I'm doing right now. And I do it, I do it a lot more, with my younger than my older one at this point, because, you know, she's such a sweetheart that certain things, you know, will hurt her feelings. And I think that she's to a certain degree of empath. So she, she feels others pain and she, you know, she gets really extra emotional about things and she gets, you know, extra emotional about even some of the things that, that have to do with her. And I'm trying to help her understand, you know, where to place certain parts, you know, um, of how she responds to certain things, because I'm worried, or I think one of the things that I would worry about is that if you break down this much because, you know, your doll 
fell off the table. I'm just using a dumb example. Right. But, you know, you you break down and, you know, because, you know, this one little thing, really pretty inconsequential thing to me, you know, is that what are you going to do if something really heavy happens. And and that's what I used to, you know, used to worry about with my older one too, because she used to do the same thing. And I had to really teach around, you know, appropriate responses to, you know, different levels of things without sounding insensitive and without sounding, you know, like I don't understand. So that's really an interesting thing you bring up because as I was preparing Zion to go to college, I went to listen to a lot of, um, uh, the, the college recruiters, I listened, I had somebody special, um, come in and help him with his essays. But Mm -hmm. one of the things that they were talking to us about is grit Mm. and how kids nowadays are lacking grit. That's right. Um, which is, which is to your point, like if they get bad grades, they're in the Dean's office crying Mm -hmm. about their grades because they, it, it seems obvious to the, universities that they've never had to really deal with anything because we're always trying to protect them from being hurt. So we're never letting them go through the hurt, right. Of something so that when it comes to something very small to your point, they really don't know what to do and they fall apart and they can't handle sometimes what it takes to determine what path they have to get through to get out of school. Right. That's right. And that's just a, a, an example. They're talking about your daughters, but I think to your point, there is a balance and, it is okay to feel. You have to just say it's okay to feel, but maybe you got to get over it in five minutes or you, yeah. you, you get a moment to 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 go ahead in your room and break down for 15 minutes and then you just come back out and, and you get exactly, on with your day. Yep. That's exactly what I do. Um, and I'll, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'm very in tuned, um, very in tuned to the point where sometimes I see them trying to kind of muscle through or, or show some grit and muscle through certain things. And I'll see um, something that, you know, I'll just see a, a moment and I'll, and I'll seize that moment and I'll grab them and I'll, I'll, you know, just hold them and tell them, you know, go ahead, you know, feel it, go ahead and feel it, you know, cry, go ahead and cry. You know, I don't want them to feel like they can't cry. Go ahead and cry. But like you said, you know, our get back game got to be strong, man. I'm going to need I'm going to need you to you know, you're going to need not even I'm going to need you to. But you're going to need to have the capacity to to get back, to to bounce back and to move forward and to move forward in a in a way that's going to put you, you know, put you on the field and and, and move it, you know, and getting it getting it done. So um, so those are some of the things that, you know. Uh, if I was to, you know, as I give advice to, you know, some of the folks that, um, you know, are newer fathers to girls. One thing I will tell you, though, is that I think I was meant to have girls. I, you know, I've 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 always had kind of a little fancy, obviously, about having a son and looking, you know, him looking like me and raising him up and all that kind of stuff. But I really think that that there was no mistake that I ended up having two girls. and. Um, and I even, you know, to a certain degree, think there maybe was no mistake in that I had had them in the distance between each other that I did, you know, because I, I, I see, you know, I see that I'm able to have relationships with each of them, um, at this time differently 
right? And it and it and there's not the whole, you know, I don't have a lot of issues with, you know, favoritism, although I will tell you my older daughter thinks that that my younger one is my favorite. So, I, I don't know. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I think that that's an interesting point, which we won't get into because right. I think anyone ever needs to know one way. I, I mean, I again, I, I always have wondered with people who have multiple children, like, is there someone that is the favorite? But I do think coming from a household of multiples, a lot of my siblings think that I'm my mother's favorite. Right. Uh, they knew I was my father's favorite. It, he didn't make, he didn't mince, he was very, very clear, uh, clear about. I think I came along, like you stated, at a stage in his life, a later stage in his life where um, I think first kids and kids that come in the first batch are just trying to figure it out. And so they get the lessons of your parenting. And by the time you get a little bit more seasoned, the kids later on benefit from some of the lessons you went through. So for, for, for my siblings, they think I'm, I'm the favorite, but my mom She'll say that she doesn't have a favorite. Right, um, of course. Obviously, to keep it all, keep oh, it all kosher. <laughs> but I think, I actually think my brother is my mother's favorite, not me, mm -hmm. uh, just because of the way she dealt with us as we were growing up. And right. he's her only boy. She's He's her only son. And then she has three daughters. But but um, you'll, you'll never know. And I think parents need to take that. Just this is what I'm going to give to you while girl dads or boy dads. Right. You got to take that to your grave. <laughs> yeah. 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 No. All the way to your no. grave. Do not. And you say know what? It's funny. Kid. It's funny, though, because I, I, you know, I. Each one of them are my favorite at a certain time. You know, uh, I'm okay. pretty, I'm pretty, I'm pretty open, man. I don't, you know, I don't mince, you know, or, or try and, you know, with them, too. I, I don't have no game. Right. I just got to be straight with them. And sometimes that is that is, you know, not not good sometimes it's not you know but it always comes from a good place right it's all my intent is always heartfelt and very good but yeah no I, some some days you know you don't like your kids all the time bro you know and sometimes <laughs> yeah, they, listen. sometimes the older one i just i can't mess with her and sometimes the younger one i can't mess with her but you know but i i want yeah i always want to be with both of them. Right. And sometimes they can't, they, they can't deal with me. You know, I'd be tripping sometimes. And so they'd be like, Hey, don't you have, you know, don't you have some work to do? Or like, they'll dismiss me. <laughs> be like, don't you, you know, can you go to home Depot or don't you, can't you go to a grocery store? Or can you go do something, go to the gym? Because, uh, you know, none of us really want to be around you right now. So. I take full my advantage son, of those opportunities, by the way. Yeah. They, I mean, my son just closes the door. He's, he's, he just <laughs> came back from a week in LA and he's upstairs with the door closed. That's my signal for, he doesn't really, yeah, he doesn't I'll really want anything later. to do with me right now. Yeah. Your favorite Maybe son. Later. My only son, right? <laughs> I always, I always joke about, oh, I should have had more kids just so I could have a favorite or a, right, I could right. spread the, spread the love around, but I don't think he, he would have been too happy about that. Okay. So we kind of covered what, what uh, advice you have for other girl dads, yeah. but um, is there anything else that you'd like to impart on uh, girl dads or just dads in general? That's right. I, I, I just, you know, I would just say, you know, I think we, we're, we're, I think the mistake that 
um, parents have made. And I, you know, I think one of, you know, maybe my parents, parents that I know, um, you know, is that you may, I think the, there's a mistake in, in sheltering too much. I think that, you know, you cannot grow your kids in a, in a bubble, you know, you have to, you know, and, and you can feed them obviously in, in stages, but um, I think that the more that you teach them about the world, the more you expose them to you in a con- expose them to in a controlled environment that you are um, controlling, you know, whether that be language, whether that be sex, whether that be, you know, stuff on TV, whether that be politics, whether it be whatever it is, you know, I think that the mistake that that a lot of parents have made um, historically is that, well, they're not ready for this or they I don't want to teach them this or I don't, you know, and you either make the, the subject taboo to where they're more interested than they would have been otherwise or you make it, you know, such a kind of situation where you make it sound so bad that um, that it backfires and they, you know, and they, and they avoid it, but they're going to have to come across it. I just think that I think that if I was to give any advice as a parent um, and I've only been a parent for 16 years, so I don't have all the answers. But if I was to give any advice as a parent is to keep it as real with your kids as you possibly can. And that and then, you know, and then to our earlier um, conversation, you know, teach them about value, teach them about their power, um, teach them how to bounce back from from, you know, from mistakes, bounce back from stumbles, you know, and get back on the horse and go forward. And uh, and that's it. For me, I think uh, regardless as a parent, I think critical thinking. You got to teach your kids. Yes. Yes. Uh, Don't allow them to leave your house without processing and being able to come up with their own, uh, their own ways to navigate this world because there's so much information and false information out there. If they can't think critically, they could be influenced by um, decisions more heavily than they would if they kind of had figured out how to kind of go through all the information that's coming at them and thinking critically about it and kind of seeing multiple views. That's right. I think that that's super important. Um, the financial piece, I, I think Huge. super important. And I think that people of color, this is a piece of uh, advice that we don't always have because we weren't taught it um, right. properly, but there are so many, there's um, Dave Ramsey and there's, uh, Anthony O'Neill and there's so many resources that they could go and look at um, to get that. And I think as a parent, it, even if you weren't taught it, it's your responsibility before your children leave your house to teach them things, right. how to get a job, how to apply for an apartment, uh, basic credit and budgeting. If you have to do that for your kids, even if you don't know it, you need to learn it and maybe learn it with your kids, which would be a great lesson in itself. That's right. You could learn it together because once they get into a credit scenario where their credit isn't good, it takes seven to 10 years to get out of that situation. And they're going to go to college if they do. And there's a bunch of tables where they're predatory and trying to give credit cards to these kids who don't have an education about what that means. They just think it's free money. That's right. Uh, Student loans. 
They think that going to school is going to be free. They can't wait to get their student loan check, but they don't really think about how much they owe after the fact. Um, I think that that's a super important lesson for girls and boys to learn. I think we talked about valuing themselves and self-esteem. I think that that's super important. And I just think also teaching them just to be good people. I think there's something going on in society right now where some of the goodness is being uh, not that it's not there, but it's being clouded by opinions and, and needing to be right. That's right. More than needing to stand for something that's, that's in principle or is human or has a human quality about it. And I think that you have to impart on your children as they're growing up, how to, um, be good human beings and do the right thing for the sake of doing the right thing, not just because they have an opinion about this or that, or they don't like the way that person looks or doesn't look. Um, I think it's super important. And those would be the things that I want people to take away. Yeah. And I would, and I would say the the last thing, um, and I know we're closing up, but the last thing I would say is it's all right to get out the car, right? We all remember boys in the hood, when when uh when Trey was getting ready to ride out with Doughboy, and uh, and and he he had them stop the car right in the middle of of their you know their search for you know the enemy, and told him to get told asked them to you know stop and let him out the car. Um, I use that as an example because there you know so many things happen where you think that you are committed to that thing for you know, falsely committed to it or, or just thought you were committed to it. You can change course at any time, you know, to, to save yourself or to put yourself in a, in a better situation. And, you know, whether that be, you know, I'm at a party, you know, and this is, this is, you know, for the daughters and for the sons out there, you know, if I'm at a party and I'm with my friends and it's not, shit is not looking cool or something is popping off. You don't got to stay there. You know, if there's a, you know, if you riding with someone and they driving crazy, hey, you don't have to stay in there. You know, I know there's a lot of parents out there like us that would so prefer and will jump in the ride in two seconds if I got a call saying, hey, I got out the car because they was driving crazy. I need a ride home. Or someone was drunk or someone was doing drugs or someone was doing some, you know, they were planning to do some kind of crime or somebody was getting ready to jump. There's a million scenarios. You know, I think that one of the things that I would tell parents to make sure that they teach and that I'm really trying to impose upon my daughters is that you have control and you can make a decision to change course at any time. With that. I think that's, that's really good. That's a really good point. And I think when we get into our, um, podcast on justice, uh, you know, I'm going to bring up um, some of the accessory laws and some of the laws um, uh, that can really get people in, in trouble for exactly what you said. Excellent. It's not getting Excellent. out the car, not yep. doing, using their first mind to, to exit the situation when they know they should or giving into peer pressure. Right. That's right. Heavy, heavy. So excellent. Thank you for the conversation. We'll see no, you next time you. on the Cogent Code podcast. Peace. What you going to? What you going to? What you going to?
Bust, 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 bust,